Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Show with Ben Darnell and your afternoon drive. John Gallo on the ones and twos joining us now. There's new digs probably up in stores. Jim Penders, UConn men's baseball coach, is the head coach. Uh, he joins us on the Rob Dibble Show hotline. Coach Penders, how are you and the team enjoying your new digs at the uh, Elliott Ballpark? Oh, it's it's a it's an absolute dream come true. Uh, it's it's beyond our wildest expectations, really. I mean, we we um, you know we haven't even been able to really open the gates yet. Uh, we've we've had restricted attendance, but it has been a real home field advantage for us. We've been playing very well there overall, and it's just a gorgeous. I mean, aesthetically. I mean, the utility of it is the best part. You know, the fact that our our offices, our clubhouse, our our indoor uh, hitting facility, our training room, our weight room, are uh, maybe a hundred steps at most from from the left field corner. All those things. So, from a convenience standpoint, it's just incredible uh, com- compared to what we used to have in traipsing across campus to get every to all of those kinds of places. It's all just kind of a one stop shop now and. From an aesthetic standpoint, it is uh, just a gorgeous place. I mean, it's carved into the hillside and, you know, out of the, the little forest back here where, um, you know, the, the sun sets over the Elliott Ballpark and the trees are illuminated for a good half hour late in our afternoon games. And it's just, it's it's beautiful. Uh, it's really breathtaking. And I think everybody that's been out to see a game has the same impression. They're just uh, so impressed. And we're just so lucky, you know, that, uh, that we're able to have so many people leverage their efforts to, to make it happen. Um, and, uh, you know, I thank my lucky stars every day that it, we get to call it home. One of the beautiful things about baseball is that no venue is the same and even the dimensions are different. What about the playing of this field, the quirks of the field, uh, and the bounce of the field with it being synthetic turf? Yeah, there's there's really – it's played pretty close to what I, I like to call it, you know, a – freshly mowed uh, field up this way in June. You know, it's not too hard. It's not too soft. It's it's just about right. Um, the only difference I'd say is that occasionally there will be a ball that, jump, that hops a fence that wouldn't hop a fence on that same field in June. But... Um, it's very rare, you know. I mean, it's it's uh, it's really been playing well. The the quirks, there are some. There there is a sun field, you know, the right side, uh, right fielder, uh, center fielder. Occasionally, if he's moving over to right, uh, has to battle the sun a little bit. But I look at that as a real home field advantage because we're used to it. You know, we practice at that time of day, and we've gotten used to uh, dealing with the elements, whereas the opponent is not as used to it. Um, so it's been. 
it's been really good. There's not a ton of foul territory. Pitching coaches don't like that, but we do have, uh, you know, the, the fences are pretty deep. It's not it's not a cheapie to get it out of here. Uh, it's you know 380 in the left the left center gap, 372 in the right center gap, 330 down the lines, and 400 to center with a really tall wall. So it takes a pretty good blast to get it out of our ballpark. Um, fortunately, we have a few guys in the lineup that can that can reach those. Uh, markers, but uh, uh, it, it's it's an honest it's an honest park. We we'll put it that way. Talking to the head coach, UConn baseball, Jim Penders, and uh, so you've won five in a row. Your record's now at fourteen and two, eight and one at home. You scored forty eight runs in the last five games. Let's talk about the offense for a second. How did you get that clicking? Well, we you know we, we really were ambitious with our early season schedule, and to be perfectly honest, I probably overscheduled a bit. Um, you know, we played two national champs, recent national champs in the University of Virginia, you know, fresh out of the gate, um, Coastal Carolina for two games. And then we also played Southern Miss, who's been in the, they were in Omaha within the last decade. And Texas Tech's been there, it seems like, every year the last four or five years. So, um, you know, and they're a very strong program. But we've, we, we played with those programs. Unfortunately, we didn't come out with enough W's, um, but we we knew that we were pretty good uh, to hang with them anyway. We just weren't ready to beat them. Uh, now we're in a stretch of our schedule where you have to win. We've kind of put our set ourselves up where, you know, there's not a lot of room for error. If we want to be playing in the postseason, you got to really, really win. Uh, we're not going to be picking up a lot of RPI points like we would in the American Athletic Conference. So you got to. There's no substitute for the W's. Um, so I, I think what's happened is we're used to seeing. You know, when we were Texas Tech, you, you're, you're seeing guys come out of the bullpen, 96, 97, the guy touching 100. There's nobody that we're going to see the rest of the season that we can't look and say, boy, you know, we haven't seen that lefty from that slot. We haven't seen that righty throwing 100. We haven't seen, we've seen them all. And so I think what we're finding out now is that, okay, we can – we can come back on teams. There's not, there aren't too many surprises when you play the best in the country early on. Uh, yes, we did take our lumps, but I think it's paying off now. I think we're starting to see the bats really click because we're not in awe of any of any pitchers. And the lineup the same way. I think the pitchers have started to hit their stride a little bit better too. In that you know they're not going to see a, a lineup the likes of Texas Tech. Um, you know unless we're fortunate enough to, to earn our way into the into the postseason in the NCAA. So, um, you know, I think there's a, a good a good confidence level and, and hitting, you know, as you guys know, is contagious. And fortunately, we've been we've uh, we've gotten that virus and, and avoided the other one. Not only to condition yourself for better competition, but just those matchups alone breed great RPI points, win or lose. So going into this Big East Conference, you know, with all of those games under your belt, you've, you've got to feel good about where the team is at. But teach us more about the Big East Conference. You've got Georgetown coming up this weekend. We don't know much about this conference in the world of baseball. It's our first go around. So what can you tell us that you have learned before this season, what you've seen in the non-conference schedule for the other teams? Yeah, I haven't spent a lot of time really diving into the data. We're just starting to look at Georgetown today, you know, because it's the next game on the schedule naturally, but uh, kind of in a quirk of, of COVID here, they haven't played yet. They're playing their first game today. They were the last team in Division One to decide to play this season. So I know very little 
about Georgetown. We're going to be watching them play later on this evening uh, and getting uh, some kind of scouting report. Uh, but I can tell you that you know Villanova has gotten off to a very good start. Uh, they were playing well last year when the season ended abruptly. Uh, took a game, I know, at Arizona State early and a couple other nice wins for them last year. And they've kind of picked up where they've left off. I believe they're 12-2 and two right now. We've played the most games in the conference. Um, St. John's has been sidelined for a bit with COVID issues. Uh, they are talented. Uh, Creighton is always a very good defensive ball club. Uh, Coach Service out there really does a super job with with uh, you know the ability ability to uh, defend, um, and they're they're always very talented. They've, they're postseason conditioned, um, and they'll be ready to go. And then they are, you know you always have a gritty Seton Hall bunch. I know that they're going to be tough. Um, you know, and and you know Georgetown. We don't know what to expect exactly, but we're going to find out soon enough. Um, and and really what I found in the early going is or almost halfway through the season now is that if we, uh, you know, if we come with our best game, I, I like our chances against just about anybody on our schedule that remains. So uh, hopefully that will remain the case. We've been talking about the starters in the major leagues. And I'd love to get your take on this just with your kids, um, you know, your starters, your first couple of starts. It was cold. And even when you went down south, they're they probably uh, not where you thought they're going to be like right now. Um, so how many pitches do you decide to let them go? Is it an eyeball test? Um, and, and then so that, that can, you know, do you just make sure they're once a week guys or twice a week guys? Right. Give me give me kind of a, a uh, how you do things at UConn with your starting pitchers. Well, it kind of, you know, nowadays these guys are used to just throwing 30 pitches and, and they're out. Um, we don't, we don't, with our starters, we want them to be conditioned prior to our first competition to have thrown 85 pitches live in competition after having um, about, oh, is it seven weeks of adding 15, you know, to get to that 85 uh, pitch mark. And they only do it once a week. So, yeah, we do kind of pamper them in comparison to the pros where they're going every fifth day. Our starters are going every seventh day, um, and that's that's remained the case. So uh, we want them prepared to throw 100 in their first outing. I don't think we did that with any of our guys in their first outing. But now when they're right about 100, we've got somebody up certainly. Um, and I don't think I've gone above 110, 115 uh, than on a handful of occasions the last few years. You know, so it's just the way it is right now. And um, you know, I'm not saying that it couldn't happen, but uh, these guys just aren't used to it. You know, you're seeing these openers go um, two innings here, two innings there. And a lot of times it's effective getting through lineups too. Um, I would much prefer to, to have that starter go six and seven innings. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it seems as though those days are kind of disappearing. You know, it seems as though a lot of teams are going to uh, staff days. And we've had, I think, 17 guys appear in a game on the, on the mound already. So we have a large staff and, and we use it. But, uh, yeah, we try to stay we try to stay right around the 100 pitch mark for our starters. And then they, the relievers, it's going to be difficult in the Big East because we're playing four games in a weekend, not three, with a doubleheader on Saturday. And it's very difficult to manage a, a pitching staff with, with, with that setup. But, uh, you know, we got to be conscious of the relievers and who can go back-to-back days, who cannot go back-to-back days, and trying to keep them, 
you know, generally like to keep our relievers under 45 pitches on a weekend. So uh, that's going to be extra challenging with the four-game setup. One guy we're a big fan of and it's really started since he showed up on campus. We watched a lot of his summer ball this year is Reggie Crawford, a guy that can play the positions and he can bat and he can throw. And I think he got the save for you last night. Also a good plate appearance or all the plate appearances that he's had really this season have been spectacular. What is your game plan with Reggie through the season? He's somewhat of a Shohei Otani. I know this isn't as unfamiliar territory in college baseball like it is in Major League Baseball, but what's your game plan with Reg? Yeah, we were, we've been talking about it a lot, and we're still trying to learn how to use that weapon. It's an incredible, you know, he, he he is a real weapon for us. I mean, we didn't really have access to his arm the first three to four weeks. He was a little, he does need time in between appearances, and we just couldn't quite get him ready, and, and I'm kind of, I'm kind of glad now, uh, in retrospect, that he's starting to come into his own. You know, in the in the warmer weather, um, and you know, we we will use him. You know, he can close, he can get a lefty out. Uh, it's been up to 97, 98, and he's left-handed, and we just we've got to figure out a way to get him on the mound. Um, but his bat is so valuable to us, uh, and he's very he's an excellent defensive first baseman. So it's difficult, you know, like yesterday, he crossed uh, home plate with the go-ahead run in the eighth inning, and the place is going bananas, and there's loud music, and I'm screaming from the third base box, he's got to go get his, his pitching glove and get to the bullpen in a hurry, because we got two outs, and he's, he's got to get ready to close. Um, we had already used our regular closer in the game to keep it where it was. It didn't work out that well, but, um, you know, he was our next best option, so he raced down to the bullpen and Christian Fedko who is one of our guys who kind of enjoys his TV time anyway uh, took his sweet time getting into the box we called an offensive timeout and then he mysteriously got something in his eye after a after a taken pitch so that we could allow him Reggie some more time you know to get ready in the bullpen so things like that we're going to have to be creative in getting them on the mound but uh, we have to figure out a way to do that more often because it's it's uh, very impressive I mean he struck out three guys he did give up a single he inherited a runner at first base gave up a single uh, and then it was just lights out I mean it was basically just fastballs um, in and elevated and uh, they didn't have a chance it was like they couldn't see it was an invisible fastball so he's uh, he's very talented and I was talking to Billy Massey you know he's with the Marlins now he's at the game yesterday I've known Billy a long time he said who who is that guy I mean he looks like a freak and he is he's uh, we're very lucky to have him he could have he had his pick of programs all over the country and thankfully he's in blue and white for us. Are you feeling any rule changes trickling down from the major leagues, whether it be them wanting to you know, only throw over to first a couple of times and at bat, things like that? Anything that has trickled down to the college level? We have that, uh, you know, you can't fake it to third and throw to first. They put that in a year after, um, you know, they did it at the big league level. The tag play at home plate is, is uh, you know, reminiscent of the new big league rule. Uh, we haven't seen, you know, that they have to face a minimum yet, but I imagine that's probably coming. You know, you, you got to face a certain number of batters. I have a feeling it's, it's on its way. One of the things that we have implemented that they haven't done um, in uh, – in professional baseball, or maybe not, certainly not at the big league level, is the pitch the pitch clock. Um, 
we have we do have that no more than 20 20 seconds between pitches um, in some ballparks it's a visible clock in most it's just the umpires have a buzzer on their hip um, and then it's a ball if you don't pitch it within 20 seconds it gave us fits down at Texas Tech because they had it on display and the umpires really kept to it um, it's, it would really take some getting used to I was not a fan of it uh, frankly uh, but uh, those are some of the things that we've had you know a little bit different than than uh, than big league ball what about fans when can fans go to Elliott in full capacity have capacity what do you know about that well, we, you know, the governor has said we're at 50% capacity, but we do have some extra regulations on campus with regard to just bringing people on campus. Uh, the leadership here has been very cautious, and I think rightfully so, uh, bringing outsiders on. But the fact that we're outside, um, and so far so good, we, we, we've been pretty good from a COVID health standpoint on our, in our program. I, I think it's going to continue to open up gradually. Uh, this past weekend, we allowed for not just friends and family of the players and, and scouts and, and media, but also for supporters. So if you were a donor to the program, uh, you were allowed to reserve seats. And once we get to capacity, we have to shut it down. But we do have, I think, our official capacity right now for COVID is a, is a little north of 600 folks. I hope to see that expanded you know, over the course of the next month or so. And I think it will be as long as we don't have any setbacks. So uh, stay tuned, I guess. Um, we are we are hopeful that by this weekend we may have a rule in place where uh, if we have not reached capacity with reservations that the gates will be open and tickets free of charge at game time but that has not yet been been officially decided but uh, we're hopeful and I've got my fingers crossed that we're going to be able to accomplish that for the Georgetown series. Well, Coach, continued success. Stay hot. Uh, Hopefully your hitters stay hot and your pitchers stay hot as well and get people out uh, and we'll talk to you soon. I really appreciate it, Rob. Thanks, Ben, and uh, look forward to being with you guys again soon. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.